This week on Prepping 2.0. What's the easiest way to make your own medicine and food? Tasty mushrooms. When disaster strikes, will you be prepared? This is Prepping 2.0 with authors and prepping experts, Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Online at prepping2-0.com. Get ready. Prepping 2.0 coming in 3, 2, 1. Welcome, everyone. This is Shelby Gallagher over here at Prepping 2.0, joined by my co-host on the show and co-host in life, Glenn Tate. Yes, indeedly doodly. Hey, folks, I'm going to do our opener today. Here we go. Mushrooms as prepper food. That sounds weird. Well, it's not. In today's episode, we talk about the top four mushrooms for medicinal purposes as well as eating. It's easier than you think. This is prepping outside the box. And as always, remember, the only thing harder than planning for a disaster is explaining why you didn't. Speaking of... Delicious food. Oh my gosh, delicious food. You know, mushrooms may not be... What not you, everyone's cup of tea, exactly. although there is mushroom tea, mostly there, among the drug community who votes Democrat. Oh, stop. There's actually really good... <laughs> okay. Don't even get me started. But if you want to check off your box, getting your deep preps, your food supply... Your anchor layer. So that when things go really south, you know you have a food supply. New Man of Foods is your go-to place. You can find them at our website at Prepping 2 dash zero.com click over there and look for new mana foods there's a coupon code they specialize in bulk freeze-dried food that will last 25 years and be delicious and will carry your family through in one of those disastrous times top 100 items that disappear first a list prepared by bosnia survivors available at prepping 2-0.com under the heading top 10 list of things number 46 flashlights and headlamps no duh Flashlights and headlamps, dear preppers out there, if you don't have them (laughs) in sufficient quantity, and by sufficient quantity, I mean a ridiculous amount of them, you're doing this wrong because they are extremely cheap, they are extremely available, and everything being a system, you're going to need batteries to go with it. Please don't store batteries in flashlights, alkaline batteries in flashlights. And and by the way, alkaline batteries are increasingly rare now, which Mm -hmm. is good. So have plenty of batteries separately. Now the flashlights and headlamps you use all the time, obviously keep batteries in them. Don't just preload your entire stock with batteries. Here's a couple of options though, as technology has continued to grow. There's a couple of options out there. I have two of them. I have two flashlights that are rechargeable. Like I plug them in. Those are super handy and I can like point those out and really when they are fully charged, oh my gosh, they're super bright, especially going outside to the barn. The other one is there's out there some options for hand crank ones. Like, so if you want to bypass the batteries and have something that's a little bit not conventional for flashlights, those are good options. Layering have different kinds of flashlights that charge different ways that have different strengths and different costs and um, we won't get into all the minutiae there are people out there their entire youtube channels quite a few of them distressingly quite a few of them <laughs> there's one of our supporters i know he has a great one but he has a flashlight that like i seriously it, it can could, reach mars yeah i mean the space shuttle could see it well the space station there are no more space shuttles no, there's not. but anyway flashlights and headlamps seriously get plenty of them every time you go to costco stock up. get a four pack there is no downside unlike mushrooms they do not spoil anyway let's talk about what you missed from a recent after show if you're not a patreon different families have different prepping needs for us right now i don't see us buying any more food to prep right now it's more the sustainable keeping the yeah, gardening gardening going. mushrooms chickens livestock. eggs yeah all of those things and we've definitely transitioned from making sure we have what we need in our deep preps to sustainability aren't you just a little bit curious what's in the after show wouldn't you like to satisfy your curiosity for a whopping two dollars a month You can do so by going to prepping2-0.com and clicking on the Patreon button. Or if you don't like to click buttons, you can use the Googles and look for Prepping 2.0 and Patreon. And I just tested this before the show. Guess what comes up? Us. Uh, The Patreon page for Prepping 2.0. Yeah, it does. Well, yeah. Anyway, a couple announcements. We have a good problem to have. And that is people have been asking, a ton of people have been asking, how do I pre-order you guys' new book, Food Preps 2.0? The answer is, as of the taping of this show, 
We do not know because it appears, Shelby can correct me if I'm wrong, she's running the publishing side of this, that the book might be published outright so quickly that there may not be time or a necessity for pre-orders. Is that true? That is true. And I will know more literally probably literally probably did i just completely irk you (laughs) yes you did after this show i mean this is a moving question that is continually being asked rest assured if there is a link to pre-order the book we will get it to you for regular listeners it will be on our website for patreons we have specific ways to get a hold of you so we can do that even if there's not a pre-order link there will be we promise you there Mm -hmm. will be an abundance of opportunities to click on the link. We will do all the ways we can to get that link in front of you. We know you want it. Exactly. Got some great feedback from Patreons on the table of contents of the new book, which we put out. It's a very detailed table of contents. And the comments went something like, wow, this is really comprehensive. And Glenn is awesome. Okay, that last part's not true. Well, he's awesome, but it doesn't say... Well, well, yeah. well and let me just clarify. Patreons, um, we sent to them... We didn't send... We posted a... So, let me just stop there. On Patreon, there's kind of this feed thing going on where yeah. we have this whole community that happens over there, and we put on the feed the table of contents, and they got a good look at it, which was really cool to see, get and feel their feedback. Exactly. So what's the easiest way, let's switch gears here, to make your own medicine and food? Tasty mushrooms. It's so simple. So and today I'm going to tell you how, and Glenn is going to join me because he's been a part of this experience. And when I say experience, this is what I'm talking about. Over the holidays, Shelby decided after all the algorithms started putting in front of her to look into growing mushrooms and what is so good about them. So I say, hey, Glenn. So you're a slave to the algorithms. If they put up their divorce, Glenn Tate, you would start thinking about that I would too. turn it off. Okay. that would be Sorry really Sorry to throw dumb. you off. There you go. So I'm like, okay, how hard can we watch a few videos, looked around out there. And I'm like, it actually is not that hard to grow your own mushrooms. And the health benefits are insanely awesome. Like I had no idea. I had no idea. And here's the example, how medicinal um, certain mushrooms out there are. And here's the example. So we all know, Glenn, you've been through a cancer, mm-hmm. 2020, whatever it was. 2021, I remember it well. You know where I get messed up is because it was also the COVID year. So I'm like, was it 2020 or 2021? So anyway, diagnosed with cancer, when he came off of chemo and we were starting the, okay, what do we need to do to keep it away? You went and saw him a naturopath mm-hmm. who prescribed to you. One of them was a supplement that has all kinds of mushrooms mm-hmm. extracts in it. And I'm like, I don't, why? I don't, I don't get it. And right now I feel really dumb. I'm like, as a prepper, I should know this. All of the mushrooms that I'm going to talk about today are extracted in part of that supplement that you take, which makes me feel really good because so many mushrooms out there, not only are super nutritional for you, super medicinal, one of the big ones is a cancer deterrent preventative. It's amazing. So that's kind of my first look into that. And then the second one is like, well, let's grow some because they're so stinking expensive in this store. You can grow them on your countertop. Let's grow a few and see if we like them. When you say grow mushrooms on your countertop, you don't mean in an uncontrolled fashion. You mean in little pots and things. It's not like keeping it unclean and fungus. Not at all. So, and our Patreons got to see some videos that I did over the holiday season. I'm like, all right, I bought basically countertop blocks. Lots of companies out there look for tabletop mushroom growing. You can find these blocks where you put them on your counter. You might mist them a little bit and they'll grow mushrooms and they will grow kind of a short season of certain mushrooms. And we got to try a bunch out and we're still getting some from there. And they don't stink. Nope. And they don't mess up the kitchen. I'm not like a neat freak. I'm like in the middle of the pack on the neatness thing. But It doesn't look like somebody dumped a pile of garbage on our kitchen counter. And then I also did the great thing where I moved it to our bathtub. That's right. And so we have this little fun little list and it's called quotes. And they're quotes that each of us say that are hilarious out of context. They actually make sense in context. And one of the quotes that got on there was Shelby saying, I can't wait to eat the mushrooms in our bathtub. (laughs) Now, if you didn't know the context, you would think that might be the grossest thing I've ever heard. Exactly. And it's, but it's not. Yeah. I've eaten the mushrooms from our bathtub and, and they're delicious. And they're amazing. So I want to just start, what I wanted to do with this show is talk about the top four mushrooms that I think 
really fit preppers mm -hmm. for medicinal purposes and edible purposes. Some are better as an edible, like putting in a dish, like making, you know, something yummy that we're going to talk about or strictly medicinal. And we'll talk about and why I think that is. So I got most of this information because I want people to know that I didn't just go make stuff up. There's a really great article out there by the National Association of Nutrition Professionals hmm. called the top seven medicinal mushrooms and their benefits. Sounds legit. Why I like that article is because at the bottom of it, if you go look it up. Tons and tons of PubMed links. What is PubMed, PubMed for the is uninitiated? Really it's where, honestly, the medical community goes to look for the science. Real science or fake science? Real science. Okay. So let me give you the example of that. I'm sitting in your ICU unit. Mm -hmm. That trying, was fun. That was fun. When Glenn was about to go on the ventilator that almost killed him but didn't. 80% death rate. <laughs> And I'm trying to make a case to the two weirdos in front of me, doctors that have spent more time in college than I have and believe in science, trying to convince them why that word that starts with an I and ends with schmermectin mm -hmm. is a good thing for him to take because they're dressing me down for wanting you to take that. It was offensive. If I wasn't on about 16,000 pounds of tranquilizers, I would have punched him in the yeah, face. Yeah, they were very rude. And one of their cases was, and I said, what kind of evidence do you need? Like articles in PubMed. And you said, Oakley, doggone, uh, Oakley. And then, <laughs> right. And so when I say PubMed, this is what the medical and science community actually does respect. So if you go look up top seven medicinal mushrooms under benefits and you want proof, good stuff over there. The first, I want to go right into the first mushroom. But before we do. Oh, you're going to leave people hanging. I am for just a moment. I want to give a great shout out to our awesome sponsors that take great care of us, as well as you over at prepping2-0.com. Click on friends and affiliates. And over there, you will find survival garden seeds. They have a brand new medicinal seed collection. Go mm. check it out. Pro One Water Filters. Oh my gosh. Take care of your water preps. Easily one-stop shopping you right there. You gotta have water to have mushrooms. You do. Katie Armour. Come and take it Armour. Backwoods Home Magazine. Just had a great article out there. Oh my gosh. Check them out. EMP Shield will protect your home from a CME or an EMP. Paul Burke Realtor. The link over there is having some issues, but you can find me at Paul Burke with an E. ID. Homesearch.net. Gibbs Arms. Yeah. Gibbs Arms. G-I-B-B-Z arms great stuff they make innovative ar platform weapons you have to see it with your own eyes to believe it and their youtube channel is gibbs g-i-b-b-z arms.com awesome so i want to go into our first awesome mushroom lion's mane the reason why i chose this one is first it is super edible super yummy and i'll talk about that and it's also super medicinal and it's super easy to grow. Is it grown from the fur of lions? No. Do I have to grow lions in my house to have this? Oh, come on. Okay. No, but honestly, it looks like lion's mane. It's this big poofy, like think about a big, almost between like a grapefruit and like a volleyball, like a big ball. And it's got this fluffy sort of mane, lion's mane looking surface to it. So it's a native of Europe and North America and can be found in the wild. I'm going to stop right there. I am not ever going to become a wild mushroom forager. Just happened. Why is that? Just happened. Here's your best example. The most experienced people out there who know how to identify mushrooms misidentify and suffer the grave consequences. Just recently here in Montana, two people were found deceased in the woods who were experienced mushroomers, foragers, and they tested their product and they didn't win. If I may add to that. You're given a limited amount of time on this earth, and <laughs> that means you have a limited amount of time in which to learn things. Why not spend your time learning topics that are going to be far more applicable? For example, how to treat water, I think, would be a much better thing to know than how to forage for mushrooms that you can easily grow, Right, as Shelby will describe. You can grow them easily on your own, so why not spend five minutes figuring out how to grow them on your own instead of five years figuring out how to forage for them. And in the meantime, you've not learned how to I do would, water. I would rather spend my time learning how to grow them than have to go take the risk of foraging. Now stop for those of you who are going to start saying, but Shelby, but Shelby, it's okay. It's all good. It's all good. We good. Yeah, everything we're talking about, and this was kind of one of my hangups initially. And in looking back, I feel kind of dumb. It's a feeling I have quite often. But I thought, are these things, these kits and the things she's going to talk about, 
am I going to end up poisoning myself? Because you always hear about people that eat poisonous mushrooms. And the answer is absolutely heck no, because these companies aren't going to stay in business very long by selling poison. Mm-hmm. No, that's, not That's at all. not going to work. And so just take all that out of the equation. Also take out of the equation the whole psychedelic drug thing. These are obviously not psychedelic drugs. So don't even yeah, worry. We're about, not even going to talk now about seeing strange things. If you make some mushroom saute from your bathtub mushrooms. Yeah, I said it bathtub mushrooms. <laughs> so, so yeah, we're not even going to talk about those. But what I do want to talk about is each one of these, why they're good to eat and or use as medicine and how easy they are to grow. I guess so, I should let you get to the information yeah. you have and quit saying dumb things. Oh, that's okay. But you're my color commentary okay. and you're doing a good job. So first of all, lion's mane, great culinary usage. It actually, there's like a few articles out there about how people have been served it and cooked in such a way because it has the texture and taste of lobster hmm. and how people have tasted dishes. like Lobster? They, lobster. They couldn't tell the difference. So if you're vegetarian or have an allergy or something like that, great alternative. There's also some great things out there where if you smush it down and kind of saute it, not saute it, but marinate it in spices and things like that, you can cook it and it tastes like steak. Hmm. It's amazing. So steak and lobster without the price. Without the price. Lion's Mane, just so you know, very difficult to find this store. If you do find it in a store, it's going to be super Not even Whole Foods is going to have that. Nope. So medicinal purposes. So right off the bat, it is a powerhouse. That's why I want it at the top of my list for medicinal reasons. It is my first mention because of this. Um, Studies have shown lion's mane can increase NGF, nerve growth factor in our body. That has a regenerative effect on our brain cells. It's been shown to be beneficial in dementia, Hmm. Alzheimer's patient, and people who've had brain injuries. Hmm. Like regenerates brain cells. Like studies have shown this. Isn't that crazy? So something that has amazing medicinal qualities is relatively free to grow on your own and tastes like either steak or lobster. This is the miracle thing that I've been looking for. This is, and by the way, you can get lion's mane to grow in one of those little countertop kits. Mm -hmm. Isn't that crazy? So NGF, going back to that, is involved primarily in the growth as well as the maintenance, proliferation, and survival of nerve cells. So think about neuropathy. Hmm. Something I think about all the time. Nerve damage, things like that. Oh, and it gets better. Mm -hmm. Lion's mane also helps balance glucose, blood glucose levels. Hmm. It's crazy. Um, in medicinal form, it's if you want to make it into a medicine, it does better when it has a double um, extraction done to it. I'm going to give a real basic, what does that mean? Because some of our other mushrooms are going to have this same thing. That means you're going to do an extraction where you dry it and you... Now, regular uh, dehydrating yeah, or freeze drying? Either one. Okay. Either one. Take the moisture out of it. Lion's mane is definitely full of moisture. You're going to dry it. You are going to run it through an alcohol tincture. And I've talked about that with my other medicinal shows. I'm just going to give an overview. Alcohol tincture, when you're done with that, take the mushroom uh, pieces, parts, then run it through a hot water uh, tincture, which is like tea, and then you blend the two together. You get two levels of medicinal benefits with that. That is totally an overview. YouTube is your friend on how to mm-hmm. do that. Totally your friend on that. I want to be able to... to n- End the show before nine hours. Exactly. So. And describe things that are incredibly visual in a podcast. Right. That's Doesn't not work. good radio. Doesn't work. Not so, good radio. So um, from Healthline Magazine, nine health benefits of Lion's Mane, plus side effects, lots of PubMed links there. Lion's Mane extract is, mi- extract is mixed with human cancer cells in a test tube. So imagine that they cause the cancer cells to de- die faster This has been demonstrated with several types of cancer cells, including liver, colon, stomach, and blood cancers. Hmm. Isn't that crazy? Mm -hmm. I love it. I do too. And it's so easy. that That's why I chose this one in particular. So easy to grow on your own. So easy to eat and get benefits. So easy to turn into medicine. It's not one of the difficult ones to get a hold of. Does one grow lion's mane Indoors or outdoors or both? You can do both. That's what's cool about it. So what's nice is that um, you can do those little tabletop things, which I'd like to do. We haven't done it yet with the lion's mane to try it out to see if we like it. And then if you do like it, which is what we're going to do, 
is now grow these mushrooms outside that we want to. And and we'll talk about that with some mm-hmm. of the other ones, the process to that. So bottom line, oh, well, let's talk about that, how to grow it outside. Um, do the block first. And then there's this, this method. There's tons of ways to grow mushrooms outside. And e- each one is a little different. And I'm going to focus on the drill and fill method. Mm. Which Sounds is Sounds like being a dentist. Drill and fill. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the same idea. You are mm-hmm. going to find a log of a hardwood, like a maple. Let me see what we got here. A maple, an oak. You're not going to do a pine log. Um, and you are going to go to one of these companies where you can purchase inoculated wood plugs. They look like little dowels with a white powder on them. That white powder is the baby mushrooms. That's mycelium, Hmm. baby mushrooms. You're going to drill holes into a log. You're gonna fill those logs, you're gonna pound them in, and and then you're gonna cover those with wax. You'll find all of this on websites out there, and I'll tell you one in just a moment. You're gonna wait six to eight months until it's either fall or spring, and it will take some time. Suddenly you have this log full of lion's mane or whatever else mushrooms we're talking about here. Great um, resource out there to look for how to grow them and where to purchase these plugs and where you can buy these little tabletop things is Field and Forest. That's Mm. the one that I've liked the most so far that we've purchased from. So um, for lion's mane, like maple and aspen, Glen. What do we have a ton of? On our property. Aspen trees, like everywhere well because aspen trees propagate by sending up shoots Mm -hmm. under the so we have the underneath our deck there's Mm -hmm. not logs under there but holy cow there's we have a lot of lot of aspen so i would say if you're looking for what do i need to grow some of these field and forest there they have been doing mushrooms for 40 years so here's what they say once inoculated That means your log has been filled and drilled and filled. Place your logs in a shaded area, protected from the wind and sun, low to the ground or directly on the ground. I kind of like the idea of putting them on like a pallet so they're not directly on the ground, where they can receive natural rainfall. Your mushrooms need to be in a shaded kind of damp area, period, end of story. So, and just keep them kind of damp throughout the summer and they will fruit Send up mushrooms. Is that the verb? They will fruit? Mm-hmm. That's the word they use in, out in the mushroom Even world. Even though it's not fruit, it's not lobster, and it's not steak. This is amazing. This is amazing. So um, so what if it gets dry? What if it's like, you know, for us around here, you know, end of July, beginning of August, it gets kind of damp or kind of hot. Then you just throw the sprinkler on it and dampen them a little bit. But this is really great. If you have that area in your garden or on your property that's super shady, kind of damp. You're not really going to grow anything that in, out in a garden there because it needs, you know, our tomatoes and all of that need direct sunlight and heat. This is a great way to use that area and grow some food and grow some medicine. There you have it. So um, we're planning on growing lion's mane. Going to put that out there. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So um, something to think about before we go into the break, logs that can't just be ones that have been laying on the ground for a year or two. They need to be kind of fresh within a few months after they've come down. They need to be harvested most likely when they're dormant, like fall or winter. And then you need to, which is what we're going to do here, I hope soon, do some fill and drilling here soon of a few logs and kind of test this out. So we have so many more mushrooms we're going to talk about. But lion's mane is kind of my favorite for food and medicine. So folks, don't go away. We have so many more to talk about on the other side of the break. More Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher is coming right up. Hear all our previous shows free online at prepping2-0.com. In a tactical situation, your AR is your life. Gibbs Arms makes a sweet feature, the only side charger that can use a standard bolt carrier group with no modification. Gibbs makes them in 9mm, 5.56, and 308. In fact, Gibbs Arms has been granted eight patents for unique innovations. The company started back in 2008 when two Boeing engineers realized no one else made what they wanted. Take a look at their website and see all the ways Gibbs Arms can help you mod your AR. Gibbs with a Z, arms.com. That's G-I-B-B-Z-A-R-M-S.com. Without water, you're done in three days. Pro One water filters. It's literally a matter of life and wet. Pro One G 2.0 all-in-one gravity systems are 
NSF ANSI 42 component certified. Not everybody can say that. No need for additional add-on filters to reduce fluoride. Pro One stainless gravity systems include a stainless steel spigot and a countertop stand for no additional cost. Pro One water filter gravity systems. Check them out at ProOneUSA.com. That's P-R-O-O-N-E-U-S-A.com. Most tested, most trusted. Prepping 2.0 is about that next level of prepping. One of the key 2.0 items to have is bulletproof body armor plates. I used to think body armor was too tactical for a regular guy like me, but it isn't. Give yourself, your family, and your team an unfair advantage when bullets are flying. Body armor used to be expensive and hard to get. Not anymore. KD Armor, and that stands for come and take it, makes solid and affordable body armor for normal people. Get body armor while you can. The clowns in Congress are trying to prohibit future sales. KD Armor is the place to get it. C-A-T-I-Armor.com. Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount when you use the coupon code GRANT. When the grid goes down, darkness will descend fast. Used to be there was nothing you could do about an EMP, electromagnetic pulse, or CME, coronal mass ejection. Now you can protect your electronics, protect your family, thanks to EMP Shield. EMP Shield invented a simple to install device that prevents whatever's connected to it from frying in an EMP or CME, and it costs just a few hundred dollars. EMP Shield has been tested by independent laboratories and passed muster with the government, which has ordered lots of them. Google EMP Shield and see for yourself and save some money. Get a $50 discount per device. Go to prepping2-o.com. Click on the Friends and Affiliates page, then click on the EMP Shield logo. At checkout, use coupon code PREPPING2.0. It's all one word. Shelby Gallagher here. We found that you need to layer your food preps. Yeah, this is Glenn Tate here. A lot of times, the hardest part of layering is the long-term foods. We love Numana foods, which have a 25-year shelf life and are non-GMO. Also, organic meals are available. Numana comes in family-style portions and in bulk. This is not backpacking food. It's family meals that last for at least 25 years. The perfect freeze-dried part of your food layering. You can get a sample of Numana meals for $19.95 and see for yourself. You will be amazed. Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount by entering the code PREP. Go to Numana.com or click the link on the Prepping 2.0 website. Give it a try. Numana.com. That is N-U-M-A-N-N-A.com. Are you a prepper or homesteader looking to connect with like-minded people in your area? Looking to start your own preparedness group? Already have a group? Well, look no further than PrepperNet. PrepperNet is dedicated to personal responsibility, individual freedoms, and being self-reliant. PrepperNet has monthly meetings in over 100 cities where you can meet and learn with like-minded people in your area. PrepperNet, where preppers unite. Find us online at PrepperNet.com. Now, more of Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for rejoining us. Hey, seriously, we're just getting started on our conversation about mushrooms and how it can fit into one of the many layers you have in your prepping efforts. For even more, though, oh my gosh, stick around for the after show if you're a Patreon supporter. I wish you could hear the raw audio that we send to our producer, Andy, at Podcast (laughs) Axis. You would listen to that and go, these guys are nothing special. I mean, I could do that. And that's the entire point. You can do it. Podcastaxis.com can tell you how, get you all the consulting you need. It's not complicated. The equipment is simple. And Andy can coach you and you can have a podcast that sounds as professional and polished as this one does, despite how we talk. So consider it. Podcastaxis.com. Archive Dive of the Week, episode 110. This is a classic. This was a guy named Fairfall, not his real name. He survived the Argentinian real-life collapse, and he wrote a couple books, they're amazing, and described what it's like, and it was an economic collapse in Argentina, hyperinflation. Luckily, that could never happen here. And he describes what happened, how it happened, and how people had workarounds. It is absolute gold. It is one of my favorite episodes Absolutely. of all time. Would you please resume with your mushroom discussion? Absolutely. So we're going to move on from lion's mane and talk about a mushroom that really is mostly, well, it is. It's a medicinal mushroom. That's turkey tail. Turkey tail is called turkey tail because it grows on dead logs, of course, and it makes like this 
fan coming off of dead logs. So it's super flat and almost crunchy. So it's not really a good edible one. And the rings on it look like a turkey tail. And it is one of the most researched medicinal mushrooms worldwide. It contains one of the highest amounts of beta-glucans of all mushrooms, which is, what are you hearing me say? Immunotherapy. It's very, oh my gosh, the things that it can do. A review of 13 clinical trials found that cancer patients given turkey tail in combination with standard treatments like chemotherapy or radiation lived longer. It fights against breast cancer, gastric cancer, and colorectal cancer. It's one of the mushrooms that's in your supplement, by the way. Mm-hmm. Are you seeing a trend here? What mushrooms I am. do? Mm-hmm. You're seeing this anti-cancer effect. Other studies have shown that turkey tail extracts not only inhibit the growth of some cancer cells, but improve immune function to help you fight it. So it's this double whammy of anti-cancer. That's what turkey tail is really known for, super anti-cancer. It also helps in bone health, cognitive function, health and aging, and balancing glucose sugar, hmm. which is amazing. Quite a few Americans have a little too much glucose going on. They do. And so turkey tail is not great for eating mainly because of what I like. Because it it's disgusting. It's this flat little thing. and It's, it's not the steak and lobster of the mushroom world. It doesn't have this big beefy cap and all of that. And it's kind of the same thing as lion's mane. You can do a single extraction of it with hot water. Again, YouTube's your friend on that. But a double extraction is better. And how is it grown? This is what excites me about this. You're not going to do a tabletop little kit with this, but it grows everywhere in the world in places that mushrooms aren't so good with. It can handle a little bit of sunshine. It can handle a little bit of dry weather. And it really doesn't care what kind of wood it's on. Turkey don't care. It don't care. So like us, we have this crazy huge log in this soggy part of our property from a downed cottonwood tree. And it's been there as long as we've lived here. I'm going to go fill and drill that thing with turkey tail. You said that turkey tail grows wild. And we had already let folks know that we're not going to ask them to go out foraging. Here's how we can bridge those two concepts. In the cottonwood that is downed in our yard, she will plant, for lack of a better word, right turkey tail. So even though she says it grows everywhere, she meant that it can grow everywhere, not to go out and look for mushroomy things that look like turkeys, because that could probably end in disaster. Well, and and turkey tail is a good example that I joke about, and I joked about it over on our Patreon, in one of my videos I did for our Patreons, that there's always this evil twin to mushrooms. So if you're going to go out and go foraging, there's the one that's good for you. And then there's the one that looks really, really similar. And unless you Kind of like God and Satan. Exactly. And so what happens is if you mess up. So if I go out and I do a row of turkey tail drilled holes on this log, I know that those are the ones I put out there Mm -hmm. because they're not random. So that's what's fun is that you can put it on logs that are older, that are kind of beat up, that have been sitting there a while, maybe a little bit in the sun. Maybe gets a little too dry. They can handle that. Um, so again, find a log, drill holes in it, plug it with the turkey tail plugs that you can get in so many of these mushroom vendors online. And then wait. Here's what else is cool. Just something to think about. If you want to do this, if you want to, okay, I'm going to do this and drill some holes and put it into a log. Is What if you don't use it? Leave it or Mm -hmm. dry it and store it. Mushrooms dehydrate and freeze dry so well. Mm -hmm. Great way to kind of put some food in your food preps without having to go through all the fussiness of gardening. Mm -hmm. So if you decide to grow it and decide not to harvest it, yeah, hang on to it. And the other thing, though, too, with that is there's a huge, huge market out there for turkey tail mushroom because of the medicinal benefits to it. Like go look on Etsy or Amazon and just put in turkey tail mushroom and look what it's crazy. It's crazy. Could be a little side gig for you. Exactly. Could and help th- pay for that harvest right food freeze dryer mm-hmm. and you could write it off on your taxes. I do not give tax advice. There you go. So wanted to go on to the next one. I love this one. This one's more of an edible, not so much medicinal, although it has great nutritional benefits. Shiitake mushrooms. Mm-hmm. What do you think of the shiitake mushrooms that we're growing in our bathtub? I think the word shiitake sounds like a bad word and it makes me giggle every time. Now, to answer your actual question that you asked, those bathroom shiitakes were delicious. Bathtub, pardon me. <laughs> bathtub shiitakes were absolutely spectacular. You got a little recipe that I think you're going to get into maybe in the after show. And super delicious. If you like 
kind of restaurant quality, normal kind of mushroom things, you're going to love these things. And they sell at Costco for a lot of money. So let me just give you kind of the lowdown. Shiitake mushrooms are the most popular mushrooms in the world, and they have a meaty, versatile flavor and long history of use and originated out of China. They're great to cook with and loaded with a ton of B vitamins, and they also help to control blood sugar levels and reduce inflammation. You're going to hear that all the Hmm. time. They are high in B vitamins. Yep, a source of vitamin D. The other thing that they're good for, it helps the ability to aid in weight loss, supports cardiovascular health. Fight cancer cells, improve energy level and brain function, reduce him, blah, blah, blah. You, all of these things. It's on all of these mushrooms, which is great. Shiitake doesn't do really good with an extraction. Hmm. You don't, what's nice, just eat them. Yeah. How about that? Just eat them. Just eat them. They're considered a superfood. So, Patreons in the after show today, and, and Glenn just alluded to this, I'm going to give you my super simple mushroom sauce recipe. Where you just like three or four ingredients, make a mushroom sauce that you can put on top, you know, smother a meat, mm-hmm. a good steak or a good. Good with omelettes. Omelettes. You can do like a smothered hamburger or something like that. Oh my gosh. So easy. So this is one of those that we did grow on in mm-hmm. the bathtub. And you can also grow outside. And I feel like we need to explain when we say grow stuff in the bathtub, we don't mean throw dirt in the bathtub. They're in containers. It's all very tidy and sanitary. Right. So don't hear weirdness in what we're saying. So, And I'll talk about that here. So you're going to get like a block of when you order from these companies, Field and Forest is one of them. There's North Spore, there's King Mushroom Mountain, there's Amazon, all of these places. You're going to get a block of... It looks like a block of dirt that has white powder on it. And that white powder, again, is the mycelium, which is the baby mushrooms. And you're going to like spray water on it because you want to keep it damp. And you're just going to set it there. Mm -hmm. And I have them setting on pieces of cardboard just to keep stuff from going down the drain. And we just have these blocks in our bathtub. Unused bathtub. Unused bathtub, which is why we chose to do this. So let's talk about how awesome it is to grow these outside. Again, I think one of the best benefits to growing your own shiitake is the price. Mm-hmm. I bought some shiitake mushrooms in mm-hmm. a little 12 ounce clamshell from Costco. Mm-hmm. This is 10 bucks. Mm-hmm. So when I'm looking at like, I'm not going to have just shiitake mushrooms for dinner. It's going to be an ingredient with dinner that is 10 bucks. It's not like, you know, I need some onions or I need some potatoes to add this ingredient. It is $10 mm-hmm. and you're not getting very much. We've had probably $50 worth of shiitakes just from the block that we've had in our bathtub, I would say. And the block costs less than $50. Exactly. So same idea though, if you want to grow some outdoors, shiitake does really well on hardwoods like oak or maple. Again, we have a maple tree. You're going to get a limb that's about limb or branch or log that's four to five inches in diameter, about four to six feet long. You're going to drill holes in it and you're going to plug them in and you can kind of stack these guys. These need to be off the ground. So stack them in like a log cabin style on a pallet in that shady part of your yard. If you need to throw a tent or a tarp over it to protect it from the sun. And seriously, those will grow shiitake mushrooms for about six to eight years until the log basically can no longer feed the mushroom spawn. And again, YouTube is your friend here to watch people just walk through these little kind of log cabin looking things with mushrooms growing out of them. I'm like, holy crap, there goes $10 of mushrooms, $10 of mushrooms, $10 of mushrooms. So it's pretty amazing to think about. In our experience growing them, we love the flavor. We bought a block, loved it, and decided that, hey, let's put some out there in the mushy part of our property. What do you think, sir? There is no downside. And I've had some thoughts on this, but we're going to do it at the end when we wrap up. It's pretty profound, unlike most of the things I say. Mm -hmm. So this is my fourth mushroom. So yes, hold on to your thoughts. This one is strictly food. Great way to grow food. This is wine caps. Wine cap mushrooms kind of are those typical fairyland looking mushrooms. They have the cute little umbrella. They have the stem and the tops of them are kind of a wine reddish color, which is why they get that name wine caps. They're great nutritionally. Vitamin D, calcium, fiber, protein, iron. Not really medicinally. It's more just good nutrition. Super easy to grow. How you grow them is put away the logs. You don't even need logs. You don't need to buy a drill bit. You don't need to buy anything. You just need a small raised bed in that shady 
mushy area of your property. And what wine caps grow really well on is wet straw. So go to your local tractor supply or talk to your friend who has a barn full of straw and potentially some hardwood chips. Again, you can find those at your local hardware store garden center. Get it wet and just kind of lasagna layer, wet straw, wet wood chips. You're going to buy the block, you know, the baby, the mycelium from one of these places. And you're going to spread it kind of lasagna style. You know what else is good in lasagna? Mushrooms. Mushrooms are And then what's crazy is within probably six to eight months, you have these little guys popping up out of this bed of straw that you had laying there. Wine caps do not, you'll never find a tabletop kit for them because they take quite a while to grow. So you're just going to keep having them grow out of this bed. Don't pick all of them when you see them. Leave a few and keep adding straw. That little bed will keep growing. You will never have to buy wine caps again. You will always have Whenever it gets to be fall or spring, you're always going to have these wine caps that pop out. We plan on doing that because what's really crazy, while I was doing all this research on this, back in the mushy, marshy part of our property, I noticed underneath all the snow and cold that we've had right now, there's this raised bed. And I'm like, okay, that's the perfect place to do our wine caps when we get ready to do them. It's a little too cold right now. so Yeah. Why don't you let folks know what the temperature is like right now in mid-January in Montana? Well, many people I'm sure have heard about the cold snap that's going through. Right now, the last time I checked my little weather app, negative seven. Yeah, it was negative 21 this morning. And during the night, it got to negative 30. Mm-hmm. Is insane. That's a little insane. That's mm-hmm. we, I think keeps that's, the liberals away. I'll tell you. I think that's the coldest we've seen since we've been here. Mm-hmm. We got to negative twenty several times last year, but this, I'll tell you what. And the chickens are hanging in. They're <laughs> they're hanging in. So those are kind of my top four. Let's go through them. Lion's mane, super medicinal, super good food. Turkey tail, super medicinal. Shiitake, super kind of medicinal, nutritional. Not a great extract in terms of making it into medicine. And then you have wine caps that are just good food and really easy, easy, easy to grow outside. You don't have to get a drill bit. You don't have to find logs. You just need to keep wet straw in a spot on your property, right? So what is it that you wanted to kind of wrap up with? Yeah, I wanted to uh, tie things together. And by the way, I think we can do a little bit. We can do the after show recipe. We could do it in the regular show since we have the time, since we're not just like holding back on you. Well, I also have a fifth like bonus mushroom. Okay. Well, why don't you do the bonus mushroom and then I'll do my wrapping it all up idea. All right. So this is one of those that's a little bit harder to grow. It's like more for the moderate type of person. And it strictly is a... What do you mean moderate person? Moderate person. That's a good question. Moderate experience in growing mushrooms. It's not going to be a just throw it out there and let it grow. Right. Like try out mushroom growing first and see if you like it. A beginner. A beginner. Yeah. This is for more for the intermediate. So reishi mushrooms. I hope I'm saying that right. How does one spell that? R-E-I-S-H-I. Mm-hmm. So looking at the benefits of reishi mushrooms, you're going to hear the same thing we've been talking about, boost the immune system, anti-cancer properties, reduces fatigue and depression, balances blood sugar, heart health, and antioxidants that protect against cell damage. Are you seeing like a trend with like mushrooms? I sure am. And you can see why if you're able to find a supplement out there that has several of these that you're really maximizing health benefits. So the one cautionary tale when it comes to reishi is some studies have shown that it doesn't necessarily have these benefits. Placebos, testing against it hasn't been super great. It doesn't taste real good. So that's why it's not Mm. good culinary wise. It has kind of an earthy, bitter flavor. On a scale of ease to grow, like we talked about, it's moderate. It's a fill and drill thing. Find a good hardwood, stack it, keep it damp, and wait. We've talked about that. Here's what's cool. If you are wanting to do that side gig thing, if you're a prepper looking for side gigs, there is a huge market out there because of the medicinal benefits, more so than some of the other mushrooms we've talked about. I think lion's mane is pretty in high demand out there. But reishi is really close to that. Like, just go Google it. You're going to see like several, like $20, $30 a pound kind of prices for it. And if you're able to grow it easily, dehydrate it and make some money, right? Mm -hmm. So the bottom line is why we like the idea of growing mushrooms. So I have a list here. What are some that you can think of off the top of your head? Easy. It's a food. It's a medicine. It's easy. And it's easy. Oh, yeah. So what I have in my list here. 
an ongoing low-maintenance food source that doesn't require the ongoing care that like a summer garden requires. Mm -hmm. I don't have to go out there and weed it. In fact, you can grow your mushrooms in your garden, like along paths or underneath trees, fruit trees, or berry shrubs, or you can kind of just tuck them in a straw bed under there. Easy to start and maintain. Just keep them damp. Then they fruit. Then they fruit. A great way to access good health benefits, especially as we get older. So many of the things I've talked about are things that we face as we get older, like the heart health, the blood glucose situation. And it's a great way to use areas of your property that would otherwise be just shaded and damp and not really well used. So you can grow many of these things under the shade of all kinds of things, not just fruit trees, but kind of all over. So here's a cool little thing. This is an afterthought, but I think it's cool to think about. I've joked about this. For a hot second, for like a 24-hour period recently, as much as Glenn jokes about we are never going to do beekeeping, Mm -hmm. I looked into it recently, and I can confirm we're never going to... We're never going to do beekeeping. Why is that? The reason why is because we have bears where we live. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to have to put up and wire in the amount of voltage it would require to put the electrical fence around a beehive. And once a bear figures out that your property has food on it, really hard to undo that habit you've just created. So no, we're not going to do beekeeping. We also don't have several thousand dollars to spend to produce a modest amount of honey. Right. Which is a thing. And there's a couple of actual beekeepers that are listeners, and I'm not making fun of you. No, but hats off to I you. have a thing about beekeeping, and it's always my example of people being one-dimensional preppers, focusing on one thing and thinking that something that they're really into is the be-all and end-all. And I remember it was a call or a comment or whatever it was. Somebody, a beekeeper, was making the point that, well, I can do beekeeping and produce honey And then I'll have all this honey that I can trade. And I was like, well, you're going to need security. And he was a pacifist beekeeper, which is interesting given that he grows things that sting people to death. But um, (laughs) No, those are yellow jackets. Anyway, he basically made the point, well, if I've got all this honey, I don't need security because people are going to want my honey. And my point was, yes, they are going to want your honey. And what you're doing is making sure that a motorcycle gang has honey for their toast. That's what you're doing. But this is not the beekeeping show. No, and to give kudos to those folks out there who do beekeeping and they make it, you can make a decent living at it if you get your marketing going. We had a prepper come on that told us that he and his wife started that on their homestead and the business that they were able to produce from that paid for all their beekeeping and their preps. So figure out your market. But Maybe I'm too harsh on beekeeping. I think you are, but I'm also not going to attract bears to my property. We already have bears in the area. I don't need them to start thinking our home is is a food source. Seriously, because once they do that, it's hard to get them off your property. Even with a 4570. So here's how mushrooms help pollinators. Because I'm always... Okay. I knew there was a linkage to bees other than my crazy stories. Because I'm big on pollinators. I want the bees to come. I want things to come and pollinate. And especially with how fragile our bee population is here in the North America, experiments have shown, research has shown, and indicating that mushroom mycelium extracts, in other words, the baby mushrooms, when a mushroom sends off its spores, extracts provide essential nutrition that confers an immune benefit to bees. It helps bee health. Hmm. And this support then translates to improved hive health. Hmm. You can help the bee population by growing mushrooms. Who knew? Who knew? You know what I'm going to do? Because we have a few more minutes. I thought this was going to take longer. And I kind of rushed a little bit because let's talk about my secret sauce. Excellent. And then after you do that, I will do the uh, wrap up in the sense of making it all come together. Okay, good. So grab yourself a bunch of mushrooms. like, And I will say, when I do mushrooms, recently we've cooked mostly shiitake and some oyster mushrooms. And oyster mushrooms, again, these are, we didn't talk about they're them They're just today. weird names. They're super edible, super good for you, but they're not. They're not made out of oysters. They're not made out of oysters, but they look kind of like it. So I just chop them up. I slice them up. There's discussion out there that when you have shiitake, you shouldn't eat the stems because they're tougher. Have you that been experienced when you eat them? Yes. And uh, I wasn't going to say anything because when you are so nice and make me delicious mushroom sauce, I don't want to be hypercritical, but there was some chewiness. So if you could take the stems out, that would be awesome. Okay. 
So I didn't notice the difference, but the key to them, so chop them up, take the stems off if you want, and clearly we will, and then brown them on oil in a pan. And the key is to brown them, like, and don't put any salt on them, let them brown. And that's what helps get some of that chewiness as well as moisture out, which causes the chewiness. So that can be several minutes. So think about like how long it takes to brown hamburger. You need to, you need to see brown on them. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I and do it on an oil. The next thing I do is pour over that to kind of cover the mushrooms, a broth, chicken broth, bone broth, beef broth, whatever, and let that sit and simmer until it reduces by about a half, which is going to be another about five or 10 minutes. And then I might put some salt and pepper on that. And then I pour just a dabish, I'm going to say quarter cup maybe, of a milk product. It's whatever I have on hand. It can be milk. It can be half and half. It can be whatever. And let that sit and simmer for another five minutes or so. And then salt and pepper. You have a creamy mushroom sauce. And I would add a little garlic salt because I like garlic salt on everything. So we have had that on pork chops. Mm-hmm. We've had that on steak. Mm-hmm. We've had that on egg, on a ham on hamburger. We've had it on eggs. Mm-hmm. I could see it very easily going over, kind of like drizzling over, like asparagus or broccoli. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I encourage people. Let me say this: some of the sources, as we wrap up here in the next minute or so, Shelby, where do I find all these? Where can I find this? Some of the places I went to. You've heard me talk about one, Field and Forest. By the way, we're getting no money. No. At all from these people. I'm just telling you. And North Spore, that's a newer one, newer company out there. And they have got the uh, advertising going on. Mm-hmm. Um, there's Mushroom Mountain. There's Mushroom King. There's um, Fungi Perfecti. That's a fun little website. My favorite, though, of all of them, oh, I'll tell you too, um, Field and Forest have a lot of good how to grow charts on their on their website. So if you're looking for knowledge and how to grow these things, that's a great place. North Spore does the same thing as well. I wanted to tie all this together in my own non-expert way and say this, how come I've never heard of mushrooms in the prepping community? I know. I'm serious. And here's in specifically when it comes to prepper fiction, how come there isn't a storyline in every prepper fiction novel you got the obligatory EMP. You got the obligatory former members of SEAL Team 6 happen to be all your best friends. How come you don't have the obligatory? And we were walking through the woods and we saw somebody had grown mushrooms and we ate a bunch of mushrooms. How come this is not a common thing? This seems crazy to me. I feel like this particular food source is absolutely ignored by the prepping community. And I, But I will say this. You got to be really careful. You can go down a deep, dark path. There's how to grow your own spores and you can get really, it can, it can overtake your brain a little bit. And I'm not, I I avoided that on purpose because I know we preppers can sometimes do that where you're making your own bags of spores and you're growing your own mycelium and it can get a little out of hand. And I avoided that because some of us don't need a new project, right, Glenn? Correct. Well, why don't you leave folks with the witty thing you say at the end of every show? Every week, boy, failing to prepare is preparing to fail from founding father, Benjamin Franklin. Have a great week, everyone. Adios. You've been listening to Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. All the information you've heard today, including all our previous shows, is online at prepping2-0.com. Find out more about Glenn's books at 299days.com and Shelby's books at agreatstate.com. Until next time, be smart, be safe, and be prepared.